Welcome to the Spiritual Life Management Podcast, where we help you bring balance in your life and live to your fullest potential with your host, Gretchen Smith. Welcome to another episode of Spiritual Life Management Podcast. Today we'll be discussing STE or Spiritual Transformative Experiences, Divine Encounters, Mystical Transformations, Spiritual Synchronicities, and Overcoming Domestic Abuse. My guest is Dr. Marnie Hill Fodorero, who is an award-winning and celebrated author, speaker, and educator. Marnie is a contributing author to numerous anthology books. In January 2022, Marnie was inducted into the Best Selling Authors International Organization. Marnie's 2020 Best Books Award, God Came to My Garage Sale, is prominently endorsed by James Redfield, best-selling author of the Celestine Prophecy series of books. Marnie's life was forever changed after experiencing numerous trauma-induced STEs, spiritually transformative encounters. Welcome to the show, Marnie. Oh, hey, Gretchen. Thank you so much for having me on here. My absolute pleasure. I am so excited to have you on the show. And I have to say that when you reached out to me and I read, God came to my garage sale, you had me right there. (laughs) That is so catchy and very, very interesting. So let's just start right there. Well, sure. You know, I, I was having a life change. I decided to leave my American dream, leave a marriage after 27 years, found that the house I thought was paid off was not. So I had to basically leave and sell everything that I could and uh, had so many significant losses. But, you know, in the midst of that kind of trauma, I still was filled with love and gratitude and just had a positive outlook for, you know, what was ahead of me. And so I had this garage sale, uh, but instead of having any negative feelings or sadness you know, or even anger. I just, I just was filled with love. And because of that, I believe there were signs and synchronicities that were brought to my attention. And I had basically a spiritual awakening after I've kind of analyzed everything that I I went through. So I had so many different miracles that just gave me the feeling that I was loved and supported by some sort of divine power. And I I kept on questioning, boy, is did God come to the garage sale? Is this person God? Is this scenario God? And so just like many other people that have kind of transformational experiences, you're compelled to write about it or talk about it. And um, that's what I did with my spiritual fiction. God came to my garage sale. I love that. So just to clarify, you literally had a garage sale and then you wrote a fictional book about your experience. Right, right. I did. Um, So yes, I've I've had many garage sales in my life and I've gone to many, but at this particular one, just before, during, and shortly after some miracles did happen. And I did choose to write a spiritual fiction um, because I was leaving this marriage and realizing that, you know, my values of honesty and goodness and fidelity and I mean, just so many different things, my values did not align with my ex-husband's. You know, I was still sort of in a kind of shock 
mode and survival, you know, fear mode. I wasn't comfortable writing a true story of everything that happened. So, you know, I changed the names and the locations and that kind of thing. And I probably didn't need to do that, but that's what I chose to do. So really all of the experiences that I write about in this spiritual fiction were inspired by true, actual events. Mm-hmm. And those are the STEs, correct? Yes, yes. I, I, you know, when, after I had these experiences, you know, some of them I realized were just otherworldly immediately. And then there were others that I just kind of, kind of buried a little deep into my subconscious. And, but with a trigger or with a, some sort of, you know, prompt of sorts, you know, it brought the memory and experience back to my attention. And so, you know, I ended up doing a lot of research. Um, I'm someone who really needed some validation and proof when it came to spirituality. I, you know, I didn't have a foundation of organized religion or any kind of concept of a higher power growing up. I I was raised in an atheist household. So on my own though, mostly when I started college, I just knew to explore something more because to me, I just, there were so many answers that I needed to the just questions that we all have, like what happens when we die or how do bad things happen to so many people or how wonderful and intricate is nature. And just even when you think about our human bodies, you know, they're just miracles. And I knew there had to be a divine source to this. So I would seek this out. But after having these experiences at the garage sale, I took it a step further and I started attending IONS conferences and meetings. IONS stands for the International Association for Near-Death Studies. Mm -hmm. And I was fortunate to have the opportunity to listen to hundreds of accounts of people that have had near-death experiences or um, STEs, which are spiritually transformative encounters or experiences. Um, That's a little bit different in that you don't physically die and flatline, but you can still experience some of the miracles that um, people do when they actually leave their body and then eventually return to it to be able to share their experiences. Right. And I'm so happy we're talking about this today because I would have to say people have heard of NDEs or those type of experiences, but not necessarily the STEs or they don't consider them. And so I'm loving the fact that we're talking about it and we're making more people aware of it today too. Right. And actually there's an amazing organization called SAI, which is Spiritual Awakenings International. And it is founded by Dr. Yvonne Kaysen. And she has spoken numerous times at IONS conferences. She has had, I believe, at least five near-death experiences herself. But she also had numerous spiritually transformative encounters that were somewhat different than when, you know, you actually physically died. And then she you know, did a lot of research on this, uh, this phenomenon. And there's scientific proof that 
Uh, this isn't in just people's imaginations, you know, right. um, it's just something that wasn't talked about a lot. And actually, even with NDEs, the research is just overwhelmingly supportive that, you know, there's scientific proof to these events happening. So, so Dr. Yvonne Kaysen has this other organization, and I, I was so honored a couple months ago to speak at their international conference. I was one of many presenters that talked about some of these experiences. And um, in my case, they were trauma-induced, you know, I believe. I, I believe that I was, you know, experiencing such a life change that just, you know, um, got me at my core being to just really be in shock. You know, I was the one who chose to leave this marriage and this life, but I had no idea that I would even lose adult children to parental alienation, just as well as I, I didn't believe that after all these years of being a successful teacher, and yes, I'm guilty of handing over my paycheck every month and that type of thing, I, I was left with nothing, you know, no home, no savings, extreme debt that wasn't even mine, a lot of it. So, um, you know, I was just really shocked to my core. And so my experiences, I believed, are as a result of that shock. And it turns out a lot of people that have had STEs also have some sort of trauma, whether it's a car accident, whether it's losing a loved one, whether it's even losing a job, you know, trauma and shock look very different for different people. So, you know, um, even though I made the choice to leave this, I was shocked at the repercussions I wasn't really prepared for. But I think because of that extreme darkness, I was shown the light in so many ways. And, you know, the optimism and positivity that has always been the core of who I am just, you know, even increased further. Wow. Yes. I'm so glad you touched on the fact that a lot of people have different types of traumas and a lot of those traumas, although they may look different, they can often result into some sort of a spiritual awakening, if you will. It may not even be an STE, but it can be an awakening. And I know for myself, that is when I experienced my spiritual awakening I would say that it was more of a dark night of the soul situation, mm -hmm. if you will, but it was after enduring months and months, actually years of stress and trauma, which was the product of, if you will, a, what we're going to get into a little bit later here, a, an abusive relationship. And it has to do with narcissism. And it was going through the divorce process where I too lost everything. And I just, I thought, you know, how am I ever going to get through it? And I just kept having this knowing that something bigger is coming. Something bigger is happening. I could feel almost a spiritual presence, but I didn't have the STE experience that you did. And I would love for you to get into some of those encounters that you've had because they're absolutely incredible. Sure, I'd be happy to. And and also, Gretchen, just thank you also for sharing that, you know, your story is very similar to mine and, and you know, targets of abuse, whether they're men or women, whether it's in a 
you know, marital situation or a close friend or a neighbor or even a work relationship, you know, um, they can really take you by surprise and really shock you to the core. And so, yes, a lot of these experiences and awakenings happen after you have been through some very dark times. But yeah, there are many different experiences that I have written about and, and, you know, in my spiritual fiction, like I said, was all based on true experiences. But one of the the most significant ones happened in the beginning when I was out at the cul-de-sac, just looking back at my home and really being thankful that, you know, even though I had lost my adult children to parental alienation, I was so happy that I had a place to raise them for 20 years. And so, you know, I was kind of looking at the glass half full. Um, Mm -hmm. But, you know, all of a sudden a dragonfly circled me and I thought, wow, that's pretty neat. But I didn't think anything of that, even when there were like five dragonflies. But within a very, very short time, there were 50 and to what I believe about 100 dragonflies circling me. And um, I could see them in slow motion flying down the road of, you know, my block and coming back and circling me. And I was kind of just stuck. You know, I wasn't scared. I wasn't overly excited. Um, I wasn't ignoring it. I was just present experiencing this. And like I said, it was in complete slow motion, so much so that I could see the veins of the wings and the iridescent colors. And I could see the different sizes of the dragonflies. There were um, babies and toddlers and teenagers and young adults and grandparents. I equated these dragonflies with people and generations. And I I didn't know who they were. I didn't know if they were my own family, if they were people from the neighborhood. I, I just, I just knew I was engulfed and surrounded with love and support. And the feeling that I got was that, you know, hey, Marnie, you're going to be okay. Yes, you made this decision. And yeah, it took you a long time to make that decision. <laughs> you know, you ignored red flags for how many years? You right. Know. Um, but, you know... I I finally got the courage and strength. And of course, there was a defining moment that just said, you know, I said to myself, enough is enough. And, you know, I, I didn't plan my escape the way I probably should have. I think I would have had a more comfortable exit if I had done a little bit of planning and a little investigating into what was happening with our finances that, you know, which were always constantly being manipulated. So much so that it was just like, You know, I almost didn't want anything to do with it because of the constant juggling of funds and credit cards maxing out and all of this stuff Mm -hmm. um, that, that, you know, I was not really aware of. But anyway, getting back to the experience, I, I just felt a knowing, like, you know, you said your experience, you were kind of given a knowing. I had that knowing that I would be okay. And actually all the other experiences that I, you know, and encountered were all pretty much in slow motion where time just stands still. And it's always unexpected. You know, I, I can manifest some things, but I usually can't manifest these encounters. Um, but I'm always in a state of gratitude 
and filled with love and and just peace. I'm at peace. I'm calm. And it's almost like spirit, I, I they know that I'm in that kind of state and then says, okay, I'm going to show you one more thing to open up your eyes that there is more to this earth than what you previously thought. Yes. I love that. And it's it's almost like you have to slow down enough to recognize what is around you. Sometimes we're moving so fast that we don't see that we're supported and we're surrounded by love and we're supported and surrounded by the universe and we're going to be okay. And I think it's one or the other. We have to slow now, slow down enough to see the signs or something traumatic has to happen to make us stop and see the signs. Right. Most definitely. And, you know, if you're, you find yourself in an abusive or toxic situation, you know, part of that experience involves gaslighting where, Absolutely. where your abuser will slowly set things up so that you kind of question reality. You question your own worth and your own abilities. It doesn't matter how accomplished you are, uh, how successful, how grounded you may seem, you know, you can slowly have your confidence whittled away by someone who is very calculating and skilled at, at this type of behavior. So gaslighting, I think, can contribute to, you know, you not being grounded and at peace and because you're always kind of questioning reality, you know, even though you know what you saw, you know what mm-hmm. you heard, you know what you experienced, they will say, no, 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 you didn't see that. You didn't hear that. Uh, nope, that you didn't even experience that. That's just kind of, you know, how you're interpreting it. And uh, and that's just one of the many strategies that that happen. And, you know, we tend to targeted people that are usually very empathetic, loving souls. You know, we take on a lot. We not only take on other people's emotions, we take on, you know, chores and um, we take care of everything, home and family, you know, while the other person is kind of leading a double or triple or quadruple life somewhere else, you know, you're kind of left to bring home the bacon and fry it up in the pan. And, and, and what you do is you do get kind of frazzled because you're, you're on autopilot doing so much. It does take a traumatic experience for most of us to just have to stop and reflect. And then a big part of this, Gretchen, I believe is trying to do the deep dive into our own role in whatever situation we find ourselves in. This is very different than taking on the responsibility for being abused um, because no one deserves that. But we can also look at what made us a target for this type of abuser. What made us the kind of person that will stay in situations way longer than we should, you know, or, or what makes us an overgiver? And, you know, a people pleaser. And I think that's very important. And that's another level of the healing. And it's extremely painful. At least it was for me to have to look back into my own family dynamics, my parents and how they interacted and, and how, how, um, they interacted with the children and, you know, realizing that, you know, you mentioned narcissism that, you know, you it's hard to admit, but there's narcissism in families and you don't want to believe that 
that is so. You want to believe that, you know, your parents always have your best interests in mind. Um, but, you know, no, there could be some qualities there that, you know, of course, no one's diagnosed and we're not here to diagnose people. But, you know, definitely when you think of the, the definition of the various types of narcissism, you know, you can see some similar behaviors and patterns. And, and, and then you have to make some tough decisions about do you, do you go low contact? Do you go no contact? Do you confront the situation or do you just quietly walk away and preserve yourself. Right. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Before we get into this any further, I just want to mention that you are actually an author of five book series. It's entitled True Deceit, False Love. Yes. Yes. And I'm working on a sixth book right now. Oh, wonderful. And that one will, do you know what it's going to be titled? You know, well, it's all in the True Deceit, False Love series. So all of okay. them are titled with that. They just have subtitles depending on on what they are. But yes, I wrote this five book series that is just prominently endorsed by many people in the abuse recovery community, um, very well-known influencers that, um, you know, saw the creative approach that I was using to these books and wanted to support it, which was just so awesome, extremely validating. Exactly. So yes, and that's how we're, we're kind of tying all of this together because as a result of some of the issues that you're experiencing in your relationship, you're ending your relationship. And then you have this STE at your garage cell, which is just right. incredible. And it sends you on a spiritual journey, so to speak. Right, right. And the dragonfly experience was, was just one of many. And I coined them all in, you know, this spiritual fiction so that I could express some of the amazing things that I experienced. But yes, it is all very much related. The trauma, the, the relationship situation, the, the spiritual transformative experience, and then, you know, finding my voice, especially through my pen, so I could I could write you know, really go through some healing with a result of my books. And, you know, the first book in the True Deceit False Love series is 15,555 terms and phrases on domestic violence, narcissistic abuse, parental alienation, and intergenerational family trauma. And then the second book, which, you know, in many ways is my favorite book in the series, um, and they're all brightly colored. The first book is blue. The second book is green. Um, it involves acrostic poetry that is informational about various terms that are thrown about when you're trying to understand domestic abuse and family trauma. And, you know, I write these poems, not so much autobiographical at all. It's more from many different points of view, from the abuser's point of view or the victim's point of view or a child or a grandparent or even a boss and employee situation. But there are over 300 acrostic poems, you know, in that second book. And then the third book, which is a red book, it is a survivor's workbook. So if people find that writing might be a tool they could use to help work through their trauma, they could create some of their own acrostic poetry. And the fourth book, I left the rules behind and just did free verse poetry. And my fifth book 
is very unusual, but it is now a bestseller. Um, <laughs> it is a word search puzzle book having to do with all of these terms. And so like you could have a phrase like flying monkeys, which is a term that's thrown about, but then there's lots of different related words or phrases having to do with flying monkeys. And, um, and, and then you get to kind of distract yourself and relax a little bit while you are just putting the pieces of the puzzle together, no pun intended, but you are doing a word search. And, you know, while you figure out each word, whether you know it or not, you are kind of connecting the dots to your own experience. So it's it provides extreme healing um, in a very unconventional way. Yes. And so many terms we may not even be familiar with or realize that they're a form of abuse. For instance, um, when I was going through my situation, I didn't come from a family that had any type of abuse in it. I wasn't raised in, in that type of environment. I got married very young and I didn't have any red flags at that time, so to speak. However, of course, shortly after I started seeing some red flags, but I didn't know what they were. I didn't even know how to articulate it. Right, right. And you, you and as a good person, Gretchen, you know, you want to make excuses for other people. Oh, they didn't mean to say that or yes. you know, and that's kind of where the gaslighting comes in. Like maybe I didn't uh, see this correctly and I'll just let it go and keep the peace and it'll get better and and because there are so much intermittent reinforcement. There's good times with bad times. You are trauma bonded and you're stuck. And so yes. you can't beat yourself up that you didn't see these red flags or, or even know what they were because, because of the good person that you are, you know, you don't, because you don't think this way. You don't think like a criminal. You don't think like someone who's out to hurt people. You know, we, d we don't believe that the people we surround ourselves with are capable of doing that to us. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And the term gaslighting, which I experienced so much of, I didn't even know that term at the time. It wasn't used the way it is today. I had absolutely no idea. And I didn't know either. So that's okay. And I'm someone who has taken even postdoctoral psychology classes that even have talked about these things. But I think when you're in the midst of being on the receiving end of this abuse, you don't connect the dots. Like even if you might know what the term might mean, you don't equate it to anything you are experiencing. So that is the reason why I actually started this five book series, because I would write down terms like gaslighting, even like narcissism, definitely mm -hmm. parental alienation, but there was gray walking and there was low contact. And I mean, there's just so many terms I would write down with the intention to, Hey, I'm going to look up what this means and see how it relates to my scenario. And before I knew it, I had a hundred terms and then it wasn't much longer. I had a thousand and then 10,000. And that's when I said, boy, if this is helping me, you know, try to understand this, I am going to put this in a book form for other people as well. And, and just like, you know, people that have podcasts or, or go on the speaking circuit, you know, or, um, write books, you know, 
they've experienced things and part of the healing for so many people is to turn around and give back to others to help them on their journey so that they can just be maybe a little step ahead of what you went through so that to save them some sort of pain even though we all have a journey to go through um so many of us know that our voices matter and and that we are helping people by sharing our stories so others don't feel so alone and they can be a little bit more aware of what they're enduring. Yes. And as you stated before, we can be educated. We can have great careers. We can be highly looked upon and yet we can still be in a situation that is unhealthy. Definitely. And it's no fault of our own. It just... It's something that happens and these people are really good at just at what they do. I'll just leave it at that. They're very good at what they do. Yeah. Yep. They are. They're master manipulators. Yes. So I have to ask, while you were in your marriage, did you ever have any signs that you should leave? Oh my gosh. Yes. I had signs even before I got married. There, there were times, I mean, one time even before we got married, I was accused, you know, you know that these abusers use projection and blame shifting. So they will accuse you of lying, cheating, and stealing when really they're looking in the mirror at themselves because they are the ones that lie, cheat, and steal. But, you know, it turns, I mean, this is a little bit personal, but, you know, even before we got married, I was accused of having an STD which Mm -hmm. I hardly even knew what that was. Um, You know, I remember learning about them like in fifth grade in gym class, but I was accused of being promiscuous and giving him some sort of, I don't know, venereal disease or something like that. When really he was the one involved in, in other relationships, you know, and we weren't married at the time. So really it wasn't like there were vows you know, before God that, you know, he would be violating, although he had no problem doing that afterwards. Um, Mm -hmm. But that was just pretty shocking, even before we were married. And there was another time that I um, really, this is before we were married, that I really um, was very upset with him because I think I caught him in a lie, you know, one of many lies. And I did not want to spend time with him. And we had plans for this very fancy dinner in downtown Chicago. And I was just like, cancel the plans. I I don't want to go. But he would, he would not take no for an answer. I mean, I was obviously very weak at the time because we ended up going. I had a miserable time. A lot of money was spent that, but it was just like, um, he had no regard to where I was at emotionally. And, and I, that was a definitely a red flag. And, and a big one was at one point when we were very, very close, I kind of thought, okay, we are really headed after this longer courtship to marriage. Um, I found out that while I was very involved with him and seeing him on a regular basis, his old girlfriend was living with him. She moved from another state and was living with him. I was like, what? What do you mean she's living with you? And I later found out, you know, I mean, it was so involved that she had a checking account at our bank and all of these things. And I immediately broke up with him um, and said, you know, no, thank you. But it wasn't much longer that I was love bombed 
which, you know, I really experienced that more so before I actually got married because, you know, he was like, you are exactly the person I want to be with forever and ever. And I broke that off and, you know, I made sure I drove her to the train or the plane to go back to her state and, you know, and I believed it. I was young and I mm-hmm. was kind of swept away with, wow, he really chose me. And um, so that is, that are, that were, a few examples of the red flags before we were married. But, you know, while we were married, there was constant money manipulation. You know, I made a very good salary as a teacher and he made double that of mine in his line of work. But there was always just money issues and it just, it didn't make sense. It didn't add up, you know. So he was constantly taking out credit cards or, you know, when you would get these checks in the mail that you could just write unlimited amounts, you know, and that, that would be considered a loan. He would do that. And I'd be like, why are you doing that? You know, we, I had no idea where all the money was going. And as, as it turns out, financial abuse is a major, major, major red flag for people in toxic situations um, where they, they, get you to where you don't even have a checking account. You're given an allowance to go to the grocery store to buy your essentials. You know, I I was made to believe that we didn't have much money. I don't even think I ever took my children to a shopping mall where all our neighbors, of course, would go on shopping excursions with their kids. You know, mm-hmm. I would go to Goodwill or garage sales because I really felt like, you know, I know we're living in this beautiful home, but it seems like we're always like we can't make ends meet for some reason. And that's part of the strategy. They're using, you know, that money. So many of these people even have another family with someone else. And that's where the money is going. But they they fund their addictions of pornography and gambling and and just their, their double life and triple life that costs money. So financial abuse is definitely a red flag that I experienced during the marriage, but just kind of didn't let it be the straw that broke the camel's back. I just worked harder. I took on more jobs. I became extremely, you know, frugal. And and then that also led to, hey, I've got to work late. You know, I have to advance my career. I need a luxury car. You just have, you know, the beat up family car and just realize I'm going to be gone many evenings and, and that type of thing. When really, again, you believe that in you. So you think, okay, we're in this together. Let's focus on his career. Yes, of course he has to have the luxury car. And you just sort of accept these things when really they they keep testing you and testing you to see how much you will put up with. And at some point, I believe their mask just falls where where they they slip up, they confess to something and the true colors are shown. And if you are finally at a point where you have had enough or that, you know, um, although I think if my my ex-husband's mask didn't slip this one night over pizza, I would still be with him, you know, because I was just going along, you know, thinking, well, you know, this is how it is. But they do tell on themselves. They do. Eventually, they absolutely do. So did you ever have any messages or signs from, we'll say, spirit or the universe along the line that you should get out? 
You know, I don't believe so. I mean, unless you would count the gut feeling in your Mm -hmm. stomach, you know, and and the conflict in your heart and your mind about, you know, something just doesn't seem right here. So, you know, if that was a sign from the universe, I ignored it. Right. Yeah. It's so interesting because sometimes we, we just need such a blatant sign that, you know, if we don't get that blatant sign that stops us in our tracks, we think that we're living the path that we're meant to live or that we signed up for this and we're bound by God or whomever to live this life. And um, otherwise, right. yeah, we're, we're just And we here. have so much to consider too, like, especially if you have children, you know, you don't want to provide an unstable, you know, uh, environment for them, you know? I mean, I had no idea that I would lose my adult children. I mean, we're going on almost a decade of not having them in my life. And, you know, it is what it is. They bought into that false narrative, you know, um, you know, there's a lot of research that actually talks about parental alienation and and the significant brainwashing that takes place that can get a, an adult child to completely align with the abusing parent. You know, this is considered child abuse. Um, but at some point, you know, I had to take care of myself. I had, to, you know, the knowledge was really helpful. The research to help me understand the dynamics of what happens to these brains, you know? Um, But there's only so much I can do. And then when there's legal threats, which in my case were and continue to be, I continue to be harassed and stalked through the court system from my abuser. You basically don't want to engage. And at some point you have to sort of let it let it go and let God and, yes. and realize that, you know, we all have our journeys and, and they're going to have to do that on their own. But, but yes, you know, so there's so many things to consider why we stay in situations or make excuses and children are part of it. And, and some people are not as fortunate as I was. I had a career, but they try, believe me, the abusers try to sabotage your work. They try, they definitely sabotage your neighborhood relationships, your family, Mm -hmm. your friends. They definitely sabotage your health because of the mental stress that you have gone through. And I'll tell you, after leaving and reclaiming my life, you know, I moved from a lifetime in the Chicago suburbs in the last three years. I've been living in the Caribbean, immersed in nature and so at peace with myself and and even the situation, realizing that I can't control what other people do. I can only pray for them and hope that they have a spiritual awakening, that they could maybe stop, you know, being so mean to other people and realizing that maybe they can find worth within themselves without putting other people down or or sabotaging their lives. Absolutely. Yes. I think that's a beautiful way to look at it. And I'm so happy you have peace now. Oh, most definitely. And and the writing has been healing and, you know, I have found love again and I have found hope and um, I am actually in such a better place physically, emotionally, financially, spiritually than I ever was when I was in that 27 year marriage. So really I'd like to just, you know, offer hope and inspiration to your listeners, because, you know, we all have challenges, you know, your, your challenge might not look exactly like mine or, you know, someone else's, but, you know, if we handle them with love and goodness and honesty 
and optimism and a little bit of deep reflection about our own connection and role in things and definitely research to understand personality disordered individuals and you know how this plays out um you really can get to a point of of not only surviving you can actually be thriving in a in yes. a new life and i feel like i i've you know come so i've i've come to that point so it doesn't matter what the abuser will throw at me and he continues to just be obsessed with trying to dim my light it's not going to happen you know i'm way past that right yes oh thank god for that yes yeah, absolutely yeah. yeah oh my goodness so i want to circle back real quickly i want everyone to read your book god came to my garage sale by the way your website is titled the same correct yeah. god yeah. came to my garage sale so you can find all of your books on your website. Yep. I know you have mentioned that you've had uh, several of these type of STE experiences. Would you mind sharing one more? I think it's really important for the listeners if they're not so much into spirituality that maybe we just give them a glimmer of hope for how we may be connected to the universe and how sometimes things play out. Right. Well, so many common signs are like finding feathers um, at mm -hmm. a specific time when there's like no birds around or anything like that. I actually found some specifically colored feathers of a, a beautiful Australian shepherd dog that had passed away the night before that I was close to. And, you know, I actually looked up these feathers to see in Illinois, are there any birds with this type of feathering? And there wasn't. And so I really believed that it was a message. And actually, when you when you actually correlate some experience to something spiritual or, or a, a deceased loved one or something like that, usually your first reaction or your first thought is really spot on to what that is. So when I saw these feathers this one morning, you know, my first thought was, oh my gosh, this is this wonderful dog telling me that they loved me and they appreciated the toys and treats I gave them. So that was my first thought. And, and then uh -huh. it kind of was validated by the research that I did to see if there were feathers like this. Other people can find specifically dated pennies or dimes or quarters. Uh, people can hear songs on the radio um, that are very random and maybe not even related to the radio station that you are listening to, but it has a deep connection to you or someone trying to get a message. You know, um, one amazing event that I had came through electronics and that is a pretty common phenomenon where lights are flickering on and off, um, mm -hmm. you know, or that you, you can hear voices and that type of thing. I was at a nail salon getting a pedicure and, you know, I was paying attention to this TV and all of a sudden there was this infomercial for some very fancy, you know, beauty cream. I think it's called Dr. Paracone's cream, something I would never buy for myself because of course I, like I said before, I never believed I had enough money to buy fancy creams for myself. But a girlfriend of mine, I was very close to had just passed away and, you know, I was helping their family go through the belongings and she had an unopened box of this beautiful, like a set of this 
cream. And I actually opened that up and put some cream on my face, uh, kind of thinking that, okay, my deceased friend would want me to experience this cream. Uh Uh, But at the same time, I felt a little guilty, like, am I doing something wrong that I shouldn't do? But anyway, it was on my brain about this cream. And here is this infomercial, you know, shortly after. So it really caught my attention and I was like really paying attention to it. But just like all the experiences that I have had, time stood still. So what really took place in a matter of five at the most 10 minutes to me felt like hours and hours or even days. That's how slow time stood still. And so I was mesmerized looking at this this, uh, TV And then all of a sudden it switched to what I believe to be a different infomercial about this town of Petersburg, Illinois. And that was the town that my girlfriend was from. And I had never gone to see her town and we had plans to go see it, but you know, it never worked out. And I was, you know, I didn't even think, again, everything was in slow motion, but I didn't even think to ask the person sitting next to me getting a pedicure, hey, are you seeing this? infomercial about Petersburg and what's that all about? The infomercial to me went on for hours and hours and hours. And I was shown an aerial view of her town, like the main street. Mm -hmm. Um, I was shown, you know, an ambulance where there was this old lady, you know, sitting with her feet hanging down at the back of this ambulance. And she was talking and I just was like, what would she be talking about? You know, but I was just focused on this, just sort of almost like an out of body experience. I was just so in tune to what I was seeing. And, um, and I did see an actual kind of sign on the bottom of the screen that said Petersburg, Illinois. And again, I would be like, what on earth would they be trying to sell or highlighting or something? Um, it went on and on and on and on. And, uh, I finally came out of this kind of trance when the nail tech said to me, what color nail polish do you want on your, on your feet? And I'm thinking, what, you know, like that had to have been just like I said, five or at the most 10 minutes at the most. And I was transported to, you know, another dimension, I believe where there's no time. And, And actually after doing a lot of research on STEs and NDEs, that is validated for me that there is no time on the other side. Mm -hmm. Um, Time is not like what we experience here. So that was pretty amazing. And I really just kind of buried that experience. You know, I didn't really immediately talk to anyone about it. I just thought, wow, you know, I really experienced something. A few days later, I was back at my friend's house with her family going through photographs and things like that. And all of a sudden I saw a photograph of this lady that was on that infomercial that Uh. was sitting, this old lady that was sitting at the back of the ambulance. It was the exact person. And I was like, it kind of like um, was a trigger. It jolted me to remember everything that I experienced at that nail salon. So I said to the family member, who is this person? They said, well, that was her best friend, this older lady named Maida. And I I knew the name Maida because she, my friend had goats and uh, her favorite goat was named Maida. And um, (laughs) now I know why, but it was almost like, I believe that my deceased girlfriend 
was trying to show me, you know, provide me closure and show me the town that she was, you know, that she, where she was from and show me this best friend of hers that was a big part of her life. And after that experience, I actually went to a search engine on my phone and I looked up Petersburg, Illinois. And sure enough, the photograph that I saw, you know, on my phone screen was the exact image of the aerial view I saw of that main street. So I just believe that I was, I was, uh, I had a visitation from her and I actually did have one other visitation from her. And that's, that's another thing that people can experience. They you know, they can experience someone coming to the edge of their bed or, or right in front of them as if they are a real person right in front of them. You could reach out and touch them. I've had two of those experiences. I wouldn't have even believed it if I didn't actually experience it myself. So anyway, to, to let your audience know, those are some other things that happened to me that I write about, but that I, I, I think in many ways are very common for other people that have had these experiences. Right. Oh my goodness. Those are such moving stories. I want to thank you so much for sharing that. That's just wonderful. They're beautiful stories. Well, it was an amazing thing that happened to me and it was life-changing and it really, you know, gave me the reassurance that, you know, there's a bigger plan happening here and that, you know, I've even heard that maybe the abusers that we, you know, or the toxic people or situations that we encounter are they could have been prearranged like we could have just arranged with this person to have this kind of life experience so we can experience the depth of these emotions that we have on earth even if they're negative and you know that's yes. one perspective really or or maybe we were someone who abused someone in a past life and so now it's our turn to experience what that might have felt like Yes, absolutely. Soul contracts and we yeah. come to, to earth to play them out. Yes. And, you know, I think when you look at it from that perspective, a lot of times it can be a lot easier to forgive and move on. In addition Definitely. to that, like you said, I mean, you had the beauty and the wonder of having your, your home for 20 years to raise your children in, or I always think of just having my beautiful children. Right. And what a gift that is. I mean, there's always a gift in there somewhere and uh, an experience to learn from. Definitely, definitely. And, you know, it, it could be all part of the plan. And But, you know, we have the power within ourselves to be start to be aware. I mean, anyone that is listening to this and might resonate with some of the messages or experiences might be at a point in their life where they could be ready to get to the next level of, of this kind of healing journey, because at some point you do, you're able to forgive. And it's not like, you know, you will welcome people that hurt you back into your life. No, that's not the case. You still need to right. put up some, some healthy boundaries with even new people that you meet. But, you know, I have found that you've got to forgive yourself. You know, don't be so hard on yourself that you didn't see the red flags or that you let so many years go by before you finally said, okay, I'm done. Give right. yourself permission to 
realized that that was part of the journey. And then, you know, what I have also found is healing is to realize that the abusers are very damaged and sick individuals. They did, they weren't born this way. They, they had trauma of their own that they played out by hurting other people. And, you know, there might be an element of evil that's intertwined into all of this, but at the same time, God, it's wonderful to be removed from that toxic person or these other toxic people that, you know, you find that are uncovered after you realize that, yeah, you might even have a best friend that betrayed you, that you really didn't pay attention. You know, you, once you, once you, once you start realizing what people are capable of doing and how you accept it, then you can start seeing it easier in, in yes. other relationships. And so then you have to make some big decisions about who you, who you want in your life, who you keep in your life. And, and that's okay, but forgive yourself and, and have some understanding of some of these other people. And I just believe in praying for them, praying for them to, to have goodness, just go through their soul. And, and so many of these people, especially with narcissistic behaviors, they, they don't change. They will go to their deathbed defending the false narrative. But mm -hmm. there are some that actually do realize, you know, how their behavior and actions hurt so many people and want to make a change. But, you know, that doesn't happen often. You can't really count on that. You really can just look at yourself and keep on growing to be the person that you are meant to be. Absolutely. Oh, what a beautiful message you've shared with us today, Marnie. Well, thank you for having such a great platform for, for this, you know, you, and just even being vulnerable yourself and sharing your experiences too, because it's validating for us. You know, our voices do matter. We're not, we're not here complaining about it. We're just trying to provide hope and inspiration, you know, by, by sharing our stories, because there are many other people that have experienced these things as well. Absolutely. And even if somebody doesn't have a similar story, just showing resilience in difficult times, I think is so important. And I think that you've shared a lot of hope with our listeners today. And I just want to thank you so much for coming on the show. I truly appreciate it. Oh, it's absolutely my pleasure. Just such an honor to have a conversation with you. Thank you. And again, if anybody wants to reach out to Marnie, you can find her at... It would be www.GodCameToMyGarageSale.com. Wonderful. And you can find all of her books there on her website. Yep. So thank you again, Marnie, and have a wonderful day. All righty. You too, Gretchen. Thank you so much for joining me today on the Spiritual Life Management Podcast. If you like the podcast, please show your support by leaving a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast to be notified of new episodes. And if you'd like to contact me, just send me an email at GretchenSmithCoaching at gmail.com. Also, follow me on Instagram at GretchenSmithCoaching for more inspiring content on creating your best life. Lastly, if you're interested in working with me for spiritual holistic life coaching, just send me an email or DM. All information is below in the show notes under Linktree. Sending you love and namaste.